So good to be here. Uh, I don't know if you guys are so excited this morning because there's free food after, or some of you are breaking a fast where you can eat sugar now, uh, or we're just celebrating the goodness of God. That's what it's really all about. And we're so thankful you're here. If you're a guest with us, we just welcome you. What a cool time to jump on the journey uh, with us and celebrate uh, God's uh, faithfulness and Man, it, that stuff, the first three times I watched this, I was just t- waterworks, you know, because um, God has been so good and, and so faithful to us, and I've watched him lead uh, some of you through just valleys and watching us come out to this place and, and what God's doing, and, and uh, so much uh, of, of this vision, this dream that God gave us, we end up being a face for, uh, just kind of comes with the territory, but uh, I just want to take a, a moment to honor every single one of you uh, that you make this place what it is. Um, the way you serve, the heart in which you serve, you keep the main thing the main thing. The spirit in which you worship. You, like I, I, I couldn't go six days without doing ministry, without the amazing uh, volunteers who make up this house and make it what it is. Um, and so let alone six years. So thank you. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Continue to invest. It matters. It's changing people's life on a daily and weekly basis. Uh, we're all just small, you know. We're just, do, do, but when we do our part, it, 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 it um, amounts to great things that God has done in so many lives and families that are being transformed by His goodness and His grace. And so uh, I love you and uh, just want to celebrate you today. I thought it'd be appropriate to just take a few minutes and kind of look back and continue to celebrate what God's done, even just the past 12 months. Maybe at year 10, we'll go back and reflect over uh, all that God's done from the beginning. But even in the past year, we've seen God do so much. We were able to launch a student ministry uh, this year, Fathom Students. Love our Fathom Students. Um, Yesterday, I heard they went ice skating, and uh, the leaders are walking around a little sore today, I can tell. Uh, It sounded like they had an amazing time. David and and Sophia and your whole team, you guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you for your investment into our students, Uh, and I see the growth in our kids, and so I'm just so proud of what God's doing there. Hey, through your giving, your faithfulness in this house, over the past year, we partnered with an organization called ARC, Association of Related Churches. They're a church planting network that that has about 96% uh, success rate of planting churches. It's the highest rate of any uh, network out there, uh, and it's incredible. And so 2% of our giving goes towards ARC to see other churches planted. So what you give goes directly to church planting. And uh, together uh, with churches all across the nation and the world even, we were able to plant 76 new churches last year. And that's, I mean, there's all kinds, hundreds of people who have come to know the Lord through that. And so a little bit goes a long way to be able to see that take place. And and the focus for ARC now is going into cities where we need it the most. So over the past year, we've been looking at New York City and San Francisco and a couple other unreached like northern cities and, and northwest cities and, and Pacific Northwest uh, cities that, man, th- they need churches there. Uh, we need them here too, despite what you might think. We actually need them here. Our, our um, growth rate here is about 2%. It's top 10 in the nation. And so just to keep up with, with uh, the, new, the new growth, we have to do that. You need about uh, one church for every thousand people to really make uh, a genuine impact on the community, and, and we've, uh, we're close to that, but we're still hundreds of churches, uh, maybe a couple hundred churches away from reaching that in our, in our region. So just to let you know, some of the science of church planning there and the numbers of church planning, we actually do need more churches in this city, despite seeing them on corners. Uh, people come to know the Lord through church plans, and so, so thankful for that. Uh, 
So many of you have been a part of our anchor groups and our, our groups that take place around there. Hundreds of groups have happened uh, over the, this past year. Hundreds of them, of gatherings, of people coming and being discipled and growing in their faith. I mean, just the potential of what God did in that is amazing. We can't even fathom it. There's my bonus points for the day. We can't even understand that. Uh, I love that our heart just has a church to reach people outside of our, our, our walls. And one of my favorite events we did this past year was our back to school bash. Uh, some of you were a part of that. And man, we were able to bless a lot of families through that and partnering with a Title I school right here, uh, Crown Point. And, and so many of you have invested in other ways. And, and I just love that ministry and what God's uh, doing there in our partnerships outside of these walls. Another one of those partnerships is all the way down in Kenya. Your faithfulness in giving allowed us to continue to be faithful uh, to a relationship we built with Pastor Ismail, which many of you are familiar with. He was at our table event. Um, and you guys, through your faithfulness in giving, provide care and uh, housing for that entire 11 young girls. You, you, you take care of their rent. I don't know if you know that. When you give, part of that goes to care for their rent. I believe we can do a lot more. Um, and so let's continue to, to be faithful and excited about uh, us continuing that relationship. Uh, we made a big step uh, back in the fall. We moved to two service experiences, and, that, and some of you were like looking at me like, why? Why does that make sense? But man, I just love what God's doing through our two service uh, opportunity. We've, we've seen an uptick in more people being able to attend with the different opportunities. We've seen new leaders on ramping faster and faster because frankly, we needed them. <laughs> and so they're coming in to own the ministry and where it's not just built around um, uh, the talents of a few, but it's the sacrifices of many that really carry this vision forward. So, so thankful for that. We've seen so many people make recommitments to the Lord and first-time salvations to the Lord, and, and we're just grateful for that, thankful for uh, those, because heaven rejoices with that. Like over the one, heaven's going nuts, like, it, like a stadium when the Jags just won the Super Bowl. Like that's how heaven uh, rejoices when just one, when just one, says yes to following Jesus. And so we celebrate in that. Uh, there's a lot that's gone on. One of the big things we did, again, through your faithfulness and giving and trusting in the Lord alongside this vision, we were able to dramatically transform when you walk into this space. We've got beautiful restrooms and a lobby that is so much more welcoming and, and uh, guest-friendly for us to be able to connect with one on rainy days like this. You guys remember what it was like, the little hallway, you know, and trying to work with tents and stuff? Man, so thankful for what God did through phase um, one. But as that song uh, said, I just want to echo, God's not finished yet. He's, he's, this is just the beginning. We only see in part. And so thank you for your faithfulness and giving and service. It matters and it's changing so many lives. I, I want to take a minute and kind of turn away from the past and what God's done this past year to just a few initiatives and things that uh, we were believing God for in these next 12 months. Some of them are launching today. One of the things that we're launching today is uh, having our sermons streamed online. We're excited about that. So yeah, it's on Facebook. Absolutely. We're excited about that. So you can actually pull out your phone anytime and share the message. And who knows how that's going to bless and speak to a friend of yours. It'll only be uh, the message in the second service each week. So it's not like all the time. Uh, but then you can find that always online. And, and I want you to know our heart in this and why we're doing this. Um, is It's to be a resource in your life and, and to reach people. 
It's, it's a resource. It's not a replacement. The, the gathering, like what you have experienced in the past 30 minutes of us gathering together, you can't hug somebody. You know, th- th- you know, it's not the same when you drop an emoji hug as a real hug. Uh, you can uh, encourage somebody through text, but when you encourage them face-to-face, like that's, that's where something happens. And so there won't be any musical worship uh, uh, in the stream. And so you're going to hear me talking to our online audience more. I know that's weird. That'll be weird. And uh, our podcast audience, I, I heard recently of, of this guy who doesn't live in our city uh, texted me and said, man, um, I, I've been running from the Lord for a, a long time. Last time I, I talked with him, he was agnostic. And um, he said, man, I'm, uh, I've, I've made a decision. I've turned away. And he told me he's been listening to the sermons and God's been speaking with him, dealing with him, and he can't wait to get up here on the weekend. And, and we've got a whole family out there uh, in our online across the nation who listen and, and, and are kind of feel connected here. They moved away and and we love what God's doing there. Along with that, we're going to have online group offerings. Uh, for those of you that have swing schedules or different things in which have you out of town during the week and, or young children at home, and it's just hard to get away, you can connect in an online group that's right at, based out of the sermon and just help and apply that. So we're really excited about that. We think that's going to uh, really allow us to connect with a whole new audience and serve an audience that's even there already listening to our sermons just with video. And so we're, we're really excited ab- about that. And so we hope to start the online groups in March. They will not start at the same time as the rest of our group. So just so you know, we've got a specific sermon series we want to launch that with. Uh, also coming up this year, uh, we trusted God in 2018 to complete phase one. We're trusting God to complete phase two in 2019. Uh, it's through your faithfulness and giving that we were able to accomplish phase one with the help of the Lord um, debt-free. And so we want to trust God for that. We've got uh, about nine, $8,500 left in the bank for that project and uh, on that specific account. And so we've got about 80 grand to close the gap to get that done. God can do that. God can do that. That's, that's nothing to him. It's all his. So you can continue to give through the building campaign uh, codes that you find online and uh, at our kiosk and in text to give. So we're also going to be going back to Hikamarca, Peru this summer. If you've never been on a mission trip or would like to, this is the cheapest mission trip you'll ever get to go to unless you're going to downtown Jacksonville, you know, or going somewhere here in town. It really is a very affordable trip and it's a life giving uh, trip that really makes it a huge impact. So uh, Pastor David Hodges from Peru will actually be here next week. So you get a chance to meet him and connect with the pastor who God gave him a vision for his city and talk about population needing um, churches. That is a population that needs churches. This uh, community went from like 5,000 people to 500,000 people in the matter of like 10 years. And so, like, churches can't be planted fast enough in this community uh, just outside of, of Lima. And the last thing I'd really say for our kind of focus this year and what God wants to do is uh, a church naturally, and it's by the time it hits year six and seven, a church naturally begins to think inward. So we've got to work really hard to keep ourselves focused outward. We, we've focused about caring for our ministries and running our ministries, and we forget that, that the ministry that God has called us to is in our city, um, that we're called to reach others and bless others, that we're not here to be a building. We're here to be a blessing and carry forward the gospel and the kingdom in our city. And so um, I, I'm just excited to resource you and help you take your next steps, what God uh, would do through all of us to be missionaries in our, our cities. Did you know that we're all called to be missionaries in our cities, we may never leave the country on a trip or, or find ourselves parked in uh, the remote safari somewhere of, of Africa, but God has called us to be missionaries at our schools and at our jobs, at our clubhouses and grocery stores, and we want to resource you 
to help walk that out. So come on, is anybody excited about any of that stuff? I'm pumped. I'm pumped for what God is going to do, what God's going to do. And so we love you guys. Let's turn to Isaiah 55. Let's dive into the word. Thankful for the word of God. Let's read. Isaiah 55 is amazing. The whole thing is awesome. I just want to read three verses from verse 10 to verse 13. And really, I want to talk to you about one word that God laid on my heart. Just one word out of this and really process this text. So let's begin with uh, Isaiah 55, beginning with verse uh, 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. The word that God really laid on my heart uh, weeks ago was this word flourish, to flourish. So I want to process that here as we go. But before we dive too much into what they call exegete, to pulling from the text, letting God speak to us through the text, not pushing that word in there and trying to make it say what we want. I, I, I want to make sure we know that this text is not about us. Uh, this text is a, a reminder that the word of the Lord does not return void. That this isn't about um, us. This is about this everlasting covenant that God was, has made with humanity with all mankind and, and, and our part in that. And so I just want to start that out, understanding that this is about the word of the Lord. I, I began to do you know, the right thing and kind of open up and look at what is it, what's flourish really mean? Why did God drop this word on my heart? And uh, the definition is quite simple. It's to grow or develop in a healthy way, to grow or develop in a healthy way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment, a particularly favorable environment. So it's a grow in a healthy way. Uh, as we watched that video just a few moments ago, I, I couldn't help but cry uh, as I, I alluded to um, every time I, I see that because I think of many seasons that we've walked personally, just Taryn and I, um, privately, and, and I know you've been here too, some of, some of you in the room, in which it felt like we were going through seasons that were just thorn bushes. You ever walk through one of those seasons? You ever walk through a season that just feels like I'm just working my way through a briar patch? And it just felt like that. It felt like it was pain at, at every turn, but it didn't go too far into those seasons. Early on, those seasons felt longer. Uh, now they'll last a couple hours, and some way God will will come and speak, and usually through his word or through one of you to speak a word of encouragement or a testimony of his grace or a song that resonates in my spirit. And God reminds me that his word is not void. It does not return void. It, it matters, and, and none of it is wasted. 
None of it's wasted. And um, I, I love our, our church because um, we're, we're honest. And I, I love you because you're honest. And if you're not doing great, you tell me, I'm kind of struggling. Like, it's okay, it's okay to not be okay. Um, but the simple word that I, I want to speak to us today is that God wants to bring us into a season individually and as a church to flourish, to flourish like we've never flourished before, to grow in a healthy manner. Uh, early on in our church, it really from the first day, our church, it was like a huge, you know, um, turnout in our first service. And man, we just thought, you know, we thought we were going to be a thousand people in um, six months. And, and, uh, and we went through, there was this very gnarly situation that took place. Some of you were here. I won't recount it all. But it's just a crazy situation that took place that was completely out of tyrannized control uh, that went down and we really uh, saw um, kind of a mass exodus for, for that. And um, we, we struggled with that for a while. It, it, it really, um, we didn't understand. We just, we couldn't make sense of it. Um, but now it, it makes total sense. And I'm so grateful to God why he allowed that happen because he wanted us to grow or develop in a healthy manner. Um, many churches that does that and they can, they can handle it. At that time, I'll tell you as your pastor, I was not prepared to lead a church of a thousand. I was barely prepared to lead a church of a hundred. And I think I probably would have killed our church in another year if that would have taken place uh, based on, on where I was. But God's grown us in a healthy way. And, and even more in this season, God is going to continue to grow us in a healthy manner, and it's because of that particularly favorable environment that we create by posturing ourselves at the Lord's feet and saying, I want all that you have for me. Getting back to the text in, in verse 10, it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth. Uh, the, the verb here for watering the earth is a Hebrew word, uh, called Rava. Let's say that together. Rava. So if you've never learned any Hebrew, there's your first word. You're ready to speak a, a language that not many can speak. Um, so Rava uh, means to saturate completely. Uh, it's the word that Hebrews would use um, when they talked about to make, like someone got drunk. Like they were inebriated. They were filled up to a place that they can't control their emotion. They can't control their crying. You know what I mean? Like if you've ever been around someone who is drunk um, or been there yourself, then you know what I'm talking about. This is the Hebrew word for it, riva. It means to saturate completely, to fill up. I, I remember this illustration, and I, I think it happened in a classroom first, a, a teacher's classroom. And, with young students, and the teacher described uh, and brought a, a vessel, a, a vase, a glass vase, and, and said, hey, kids, I want you to help me out. We're going to learn to learn a, a new lesson today. Uh, tell me, I'm going to start filling this vessel up with rocks. Tell me when it's filled completely. And the teacher filled it up, filled the rocks up to the top. Has anybody ever heard this story? They fill it up to the top, and the kids are like, stop, stop, stop. It's filled up and the teacher smiles and she goes, no, it's, it's not quite filled up yet. You see all this space. You see all this space in between the rocks. There's still some room. And the teacher grabs um, a, a jar of sand and, and pours the sand in this vase until it gets to the top. And the kids are like, stop, stop, stop. Now it's, it's filled up. And uh, she smiles again and, and says, nope, there's actually some room that you can't even see with your eyes. And she grabs a pitcher of water and begins to pour this in this vase until the kids get the pitcher 
that, that there's matter, there's space that we don't realize. So it filled up and began to pull, like pour over the edge, and they said, stop. And she said, there's, there's space and matter that, that you can't comprehend and you can't see with your eyes. And as I begin to process uh, this thought and this illustration about being saturated, um, I, I think many times in, in our lives, we get satisfied before we're saturated. And a simple message for us today is, or a simple question rather, is are you satisfied in your faith? Are you satisfied with where you're at with the Lord, with some rocks? Or are you satisfied with some sand? Or, or can we open ourselves up and, and, and pray again the prayer we prayed a few weeks ago in the middle of our Father's Heart series? Uh, we said, God, give us a desperation to participate in your kingdom. Give us a desperation for more of you. Because church, when we're satisfied before we're saturated, the reality is we will miss out on the significant things that God wants to do in our life when we're just satisfied. And maybe if we're honest with ourselves, we've just been satisfied with going through the motions. Uh, We've been satisfied living off of Facebook quotes in our spiritual walk. Uh, we've been satisfied uh, with, you know, uh, listening to the sermon a little bit and then texting the rest of that. We've been satisfied with these casual encounters and not going deeper in community. And I just wonder if we might position ourselves in a place that says, God, I, don't, I, I want more. And the sad, a really sad thought for me is to think about what significant things that I miss out that God wanted to do in my life because I was satisfied. What dessert did I miss out on because I pushed away after the appetizer? Come on. What if the past six years have just been an appetizer? What if the work that God's done in your life in the past 12 months was, was just getting started on what they call the mouge bouge? You know, that's just the one perfect bite just to, to know what God is coming. And what if we position ourselves, and I want more. I, I want more of what you have, God. Because the reality is we all want to flourish. We do. We all want to flourish in 2019 and beyond. We don't want to miss out on the significant things that God wants to do. But in order for us to flourish in the next season, we need to be saturated in this season. Before we can flourish in the next season, we need to be saturated in this season. Like I said, this text is about the word of God not returning void. That means Every sermon we've listened to with intent is not, has not returned void to the Lord. It matters. It resonates within our spirit. Every prayer you've prayed over your child who's running, every prayer you've prayed over a young child who's struggling in school, it has not returned to the Lord a void. It, it matters. Every prayer you've prayed and declared healing over a loved one, it does not go back, uh, go in vain. It matters, and it's changing things. That means that nothing is wasted. No pain, no rain, no snow is wasted that falls in our life. We've all been there. We've felt the, the, the pain, the snowstorm that, that weighs on us. I want to draw your attention to something that just moved right by that text that you probably missed out on, that the rain and the snow come from where? Come from heaven, AKA, God's not surprised by the rain and the snow that falls in your life. Now, you are surprised. I am surprised when it shows up. 
But God's not surprised. He is sovereign over every situation, over every struggle, over every rain. The scriptures tell us that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Not just people out there. No, no, us, God's people. It falls on us too. I, I, I love um, uh, right before we get into verse 10, verses 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, a long way, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He sees purpose in the rain and the snow that we don't see when it's coming down. Like we just see how it's affecting us today, right? We just know we got to put our rain boots on today. We just know it's a little colder today, but God sees purpose in this rain that we don't see today as we physically have rain outside. It, it reminds me uh, today that everything you've gone through, every struggle you've had, it's, it's not wasted. And God can always turn the pain of yesterday's misery into the preparation for tomorrow's ministry. God can always turn the pain of yesterday's misery into the preparation for tomorrow's ministry. Nothing's wasted in his kingdom for his people. One of my favorite chapters of scripture is Romans chapter eight. I don't know if you've ever read the scripture. If you haven't, here's a great place to, to do after we end our study in the Psalms. Here's a great place to begin to study. Romans chapter eight. And I love verse 19, particularly for how it speaks to us in regard to this Isaiah passage. I consider, Paul is speaking to the church at Rome, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the future glory that will be revealed in us. The struggle you're going through now, the struggle you just walked through in this past season, it's not even worth comparing to what God is gonna reveal in us, what he wants to begin to flourish in our life. And, and that's hard to believe. It's hard when we're in the middle of that. And one of the encouraging scriptures we find is this reminder that God can turn whatever misery we're going into into part of our ministry tomorrow. Romans 8, 28, just a few verses later in that chapter, um, tells us that uh, we know this. We know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if we love him and our hearts are, are focused on him and we are pursuing the Lord as much as he's pursuing us because God is a gentleman, like we see it throughout scriptures, knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you'll find. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And some of us, we just sit back waiting and we're satisfied. We can't make sense of the pain. We can't make sense of the struggle. And we may never make sense of some of that. And the moment that we get to ask God face to face, it's in that moment we will realize this is not even worth comparing. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Like I'm just so overwhelmed by the majesty and glory and beauty of God uh, that will be fully in his presence. There's, there's purpose in the pain that we can't recognize in season. It's only in the next season or in the age to come that we will understand that. There's purpose in it to make it bud, to make it 
flourish. There's purpose. God wants us to be in this place in which we flourish. He wants growth and development in a healthy manner in all kinds of ways that it would bud up and begin to spring forth this flourishing in our faith. It it would show itself in our love for God. It it would show itself like everything we've gone to, it's only made us love Jesus more. Like the enemy thought he had us cornered. In that moment, we thought we were going to die. Our spirit was going to decay. And then here we are standing, still breathing, still declaring his goodness. It just explodes into and multiplies into more love for God. That relationship that was marred and we went and that person stabbed us in the back and we thought, I'll never trust anybody again. But after a while, after the, the, the rain uh, um, dissipates and, and, and the snow melts, then we realize, no, no, I've got more love for people because I realize I'm just as broken as they are. I, I've, I've hurt people just as much as they hurt me and I bring forgiveness to them. It all wells up into a love for the word of God as we can hear a word like this, that, that God longs for us to flourish and, and, and carry forth this everlasting sign, even through the scars that we bring in from our seasons. God, we, we love the word of God and we grow in that. That it would grow in our spiritual gifts. Like some of, as you look in here today, and we have like a nice service, and like there's good music, and the preaching is, is good enough, and, and you know, and, and everybody looks so nice, and we've got beautiful cupcakes outside, and it's a celebration. And like, this church is doing great. Like everything's are great. There's, there's, no, there's no room. No, no, no. It's just a bunch of rocks right now. There's all kinds of sand. There's all kinds of room that we can begin to fill this with. And that filling happens, creating that environment happens through you working out your spiritual gifts. Not just working out your salvation with fear and trembling, but coming in contact with what unique gift God has given you to build up so that the body may become fully mature and fully complete is what Paul's prayer was in Ephesians 4. As he wrote the church at Ephesus, that we together may become the full body, the full measure, the complete picture of Jesus in this earth. And and if you have trouble seeing that, I want you to look outward for a second. Because it doesn't take you hard uh, and very long to look outside and realize this world needs Jesus. They're desperate looking for a picture of Jesus. If you can't see it out there, just kind of look back in time of where you were when you responded in faith to the Lord and encountered the presence and power of God. Just remember back there and realize there's people like that out there because we see it on our streets and in our businesses every single day. They're hungry and they're looking for something, but there's space in the vessel and it's our love for one another. It's the flowing and the gifts that God has given us. He's placed inside together that becomes a picture to him of love, of forgiveness, of grace. And we do that outside. But our primary place in which we work out that love is with one another in ministry teams and mission trips and, and, and Sunday gatherings around the table of God. That's where we begin to work that, those gifts out God wants us to grow in our ability to make disciples. That's overwhelming and scary to many of us. But we want to help you take those next steps in that. And God wants us to grow in our generosity as well. I believe that for some of you that have been struggling in poverty, 
for a long time. I believe that God's going to break that in Jesus' name over your life this year. Um, I just believe it. I'm declaring that over your life, um, that no more uh, will you ha- have to kind of hang on and just wonder if, when, when it's going to come. Like God, God uses that, and there's, there's a, actually a good place for us to be, in which God, we can trust God. Give me this in daily uh, bread, but I believe that we can break that in, in order for us to be more generous for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. All this rain, it matters. It, it doesn't just do something to us to make us body and flourish for no reason. It doesn't stop there. It's so that it will yield seed for the sower. It will yield seed for the sower. As you leave today, uh, after we hang out and enjoy some cupcakes, which I am so excited about, um, you'll get a little bag of seeds. Um, and it's not just a random gift. It's a reminder of this text. It's a reminder that God has given each of us a seed. First, I have to ask ourselves, what is that seed? That seed may be a testimony of God's grace from the season you just walked through. It may be a testimony of God's grace from 10 years ago that you just haven't told in 10 years. You told one person and that was it, and now that seed's just been sitting there. Uh, Maybe that seed is a gift uh, of leadership, of encouragement, of hospitality, of of faith inside of you, of mercy and compassion that God's planted and given you. It's a seed that's there just as tangible as that is. It's in our spirit. There's a seed that's before us. We have to discern what is that seed. Maybe Maybe it's a financial gift that God told you to give, and it's just been burning a hole in your pocket and in your heart, and and we're not being faithful with that seed. Second question we have to ask ourselves is not just what is the seed, but what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with the seed that God has given me? And just as you'll get a pack of seeds and you'll make a choice by tomorrow or in the springtime, you'll make a choice. You'll make that choice probably today. In the moments in which you drive home, I'm never going to do anything with this. What good would this do? And we discount the power of that seed. We're going to make a choice of what will we do with the seed that's been given to us. A year ago, ago, I told this story in our Whisper series, and I'll tell it again for those of you that missed it, uh, a little more brief today. Uh, But I love vanilla. I love vanilla ice cream. There's a a new ice cream shop in our neighborhood, which is bad news. The Nelsons need stock in it already. Like, it's like we've gone through a couple of punch cards already. That's how bad it is. You know, um, not here in the past 21 days, but I'm telling you, in this week, like, we're going to Mayday. It's called Mayday Ice Cream. It's amazing. They make their own cones. They make their own sprinkles, which is just special to me. I'm like, yeah, you know you're really doing ice cream right when you're making your own. They give you this little, like, wafer cookie that's like this you know, like thicker waffle cone that's just delicious just to like eat the ice cream with the little, it's awesome. Sorry, all right, I'm a fat kid, okay? I love ice cream. Mayday's amazing. And they have this one ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream. I know, I'm lame, I'm boring. Uh, But I love vanilla ice cream. They have this triple vanilla. And we know about the vanilla extract and we know how vanilla's in so many of our uh, baking and and, and stuff. And uh, a long time ago, vanilla was not what it is today. Uh, the story goes, the history of this uh, vanilla uh, export, exportation that's kind of happened all over the world, is this young boy, it's, it comes from an orchid plant, this unique type of orchid plant that the vanilla bean 
comes from, and, and it was quite rare. Uh, and they had them, I believe, in South America at one point, in one uh, country in which these come from. And eventually, uh, a gift was given to a lot of some king or some lord or something in Europe. Okay, I can't remember all the details of the story. but it, And it goes to Europe, and from Europe, uh, this uh, person brought it down to this little island. Uh, this guy moved, I think it was from France. He moved from France, and he kind of settled on this area um, in outside of Madagascar, like off of the coast of Madagascar, this tiny little island. And on that island, um, there was this young servant boy. He was 12 years old, and he, began, he cared for the fields. He cared for the plants. And there was this one plant that just had one of them. And it was, to um, uh, you know, scientists and researchers' knowledge, this, is, this could have very well been like the only one that was left. Like it very well could have been, there was no other kind of, um, uh, your research won't tell us that, is there any more anywhere else in the earth? And, and uh, so this one boy began to care for this one vanilla orchid. He began to care for it uh, and he was, it didn't match in with everything else. And so he just kind of began to, to tend to that on the side. And that the, at some point, the, uh, kind of the owner of the property came along and found it, and he was blown away. It was beautiful, and, and he began to play and, and found that, oh, man, this has you know, great usefulness, and we can use it for all these things. And, and slowly but surely, now today, Madagascar, for the longest time, it was the largest exporter of vanilla in the world. And it's a huge industry. I mean, millions and millions, probably hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a billion dollars of, of vanilla extract that gets exported around the world off this one boy who cared for this one little plant that started from one little seed. And oftentimes the seed that God's given us, we just discount and think it doesn't have much power. But just what if? I like to play the what if game. My teachers when I was in fifth grade always said, I'm gonna call you the what if boy. You're always asking what if. Just receive the answer. No, I can't help it. I can't think about this without just wondering what if that seed grows into be something much larger than what you realize. Much larger. That, that financial gift, that testimony in that one person's life ends up transforming a whole family, which transforms their whole neighborhood, which makes a whole impact in a city. You never know, and it's believing that there is power in the small. And there is power in the single mustard seed, as Jesus explained. How much power? Jesus says, with just one kernel of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will. Like there is power in the one seed, but I just have to ask you, do you believe that about the one seed that's in your hand? And, and just as you will make a decision later today or as the spring comes on to plant those seeds, you'll make a decision probably today in these next few moments. The seed that God's brought to your mind, whatever it might be, you'll make a decision whether you're going to plant it or not. And it's not just for our sake. It's not just for faithfulness' sake. What God brings us through in the rain and in bringing water to the soil, saturate us so that it will bud and flourish and so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. And if we move away from the vanilla extract to a seed of wheat, in our life when that vessel becomes filled up and overflow begins to happen, You've heard the testimony before. You've got a little extra money. Um, it's no big deal to you, this gift that God's given you. It's, it's superfluous almost. But what is superfluous to you could very well be someone else's sustenance. 
It provides bread for the eater. It's, it's not just a seed. It's not just a, a nice plant. What you think is just superfluous in your life, it's no big deal. No, no, it, it's actually sustenance for someone else. Who knows what kind of encouragement may come through your hospitality. Who knows what kind of impact your faithfulness and giving might have. Who knows what God could do through a gift in a vessel who says, I'm not satisfied, God. Saturate me. Saturate me. Fill me up. Who knows who might need to hear that today and be blessed um, by that. I want to close this out today with just a, a simple a simple thought around this particularly favorable environment. It's, it's what we call our, our, our surf culture, the, the biblical gospel culture that God has called us to live out and you live it out beautifully. But there's room in the vessel to live this out because that health comes to grow in a healthy way by a particularly favorable environment. We call this our, our serve culture. It's that this place is a place in which we're gospel-centered, that we're focused around Jesus, that we know that the gospel changes everything. Like when, when we encounter, just think about where you were when you found Jesus and what God's done in your anger since then. And we may still have ways to go, but hey, hey we, we've seen progress. Think about what he did in your anxiety when you, where you were and now where you're at now. Think about where you were at financially before God found you and rescued you. It's gospel-centered and it changes everything. We believe that this is a culture, we call it fine wine because it's really just about the fruit that comes from our faith and comes from our faithfulness. And we we take responsibility for applying the, the faith that we have, even if it's as small as a mustard seed. And we take care of the faithfulness part and God's gonna take care of the faith or the fruit part. So we're faithful in that. We're a particularly favorable culture in which we seek to be interested not interesting. We want to be interested. Every single person that walks through those doors is a VIP at Fathom Church uh, because you're a story. You're a story that God is writing of his grace and his love that's not finished yet. We believe we just grow in that as a church to care for every individual that walks in. Uh, We embrace the divine tensions. We call this a rubber band. That means that we don't choose around here whether we're uh, going to be a church that's about the word of God or the spirit of God. We're both. Like that's our approach. We're not people that are going to be, you know, faith without works. No, no, it's, it's both. We're, we're both going to be missional and discipleship focused. We can be both. We don't have to choose. It's actually the tensions between these truths that we are called to live out that creates a particularly favorable environment for the gospel to go forward and enable our growth. He is greater than we, is greater than me, speaks of a culture that's selfless. Uh, That we don't come uh, to to just be served, we come to serve others. Because we know that God is worthy of it all. And he is greater than we, and the we is greater than me. And so we serve selflessly and and truly believe that this house is built on the sacrifices of many, not the talents of a few. We are firmly believing God for multiplication because that story matters. That person's life and salvation matters to God. And we believe that disciples make disciples. It is an overflow of our life to be pouring into the lives of others. And lastly, that 
We are a particularly favorable environment because of our prayer life. That prayer is not an afterthought. It's not where we finally end up after we've tried everything else. No, no, prayer is our first language. We go there first. That is, that is the body. That is who you are. This is the particularly favorable environment. And it's not made in a lab. It's not made in an office back there. It's made with you and I making decisions to live out the word of God, to live out and, and choose to be saturated and to flourish and to grow in who he has called us to be. We stand here today with a couple of choices of understanding what the seed that God's given us. And if you don't know today, we'd love to talk and pray with you about that. God, God will lead you in it. And the choice is, what are, what are we going to do with that seed? Are we going to plant it? And we're going to worship here in just a few moments. And I want to give you some space to just decide in your heart, like, what are you going to do with that seed? It can go back to the island it came from and sit and rot in a field because it's taking too long to grow. Or we can plant it and water it and tend it and see the potential of the seed that God's planted inside of you. I just dream from this moment, what if? Like, what could God do with people who are bold enough to say, I don't really have it all figured out. I don't know how God's going to use this testimony. I don't know how God's going to use this gift, but, but I'm going to plan it and trust the Lord with it. I used to get really overwhelmed by trying to figure it out. And my mom would always settle me down and just have a quick conversation with me and, and say, son, you're always worried about getting to X, Y, and Z. And you just need to be faithful to go from A to B. And then from B to C. We complicate our obedience way too often. We don't have to figure it out. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, but if that's you today, and you say, I want to be faithful with the seed that God's given me, would you stand with me? And I want to pray a prayer of blessing um, today. Do that as a confession of your heart as we stand today. I want to pray over you, and this band's going to lead us. And as we pray, I, I just let us settle in this moment. God, as we close our eyes, as we bow our hearts before you, so you may even lift our hands this morning, just a sign of surrender and openness that says, God, here's the seed. You gave it to me. Would you make it flourish? Would you lead me that I may flourish in your kingdom? I want to pray over you, church. God, thank you for every single soul, every single heart represented here today. God, this day of celebration I pray that it would be a day of consecration, God, a, a day not just to celebrate a church that was planted six years ago. I, I pray that it's a moment for us to celebrate and sow the dream of tomorrow. God, to celebrate and plant the seeds that you put in, in hundreds of people today, God. Online, God, and sitting in their homes, their living rooms, God, right now, right here in this room in our last service, God, that you would multiply the seed. God, you would water the seed. And you would bring it to flourish for one reason and for one reason only, God, for your renown, for your glory, for your renown, because it is a sign of this everlasting covenant you've made not with a, a small select people, group of people, God, but with mankind. May we be faithful with what you've planted in us, God. Would we go and plant it? 
Help us to not be satisfied. Let's press in to be saturated by your love and your presence, God. We thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church.